Welcome to Racing Only Better. This is your weekend preview ahead of what is only an okay weekend of action in the UK in terms of the racing. But as always, I am joined by the usual crew of Kevin Blake. We'll come to you first because you're so cheery and jolly laughing over there. How are you? Oh, fantastic, Vanessa. Yeah, looking forward to this world-class weekend of racing. I cannot wait. No place for your uh, damning with fame praise there, Vanessa. Everything's brilliant, isn't it? That's not what we're here for on this pod. You know that, Kevin. Also, a bit of role reversal this week for me and Kevin. I would normally be at the sales and would never be at the racing league. I didn't attend the sales, but Kevin did. And right now, I'm at Newcastle for the racing league, and Kevin is nowhere to be seen, and he's supposed to be a team manager. Yeah, I've had to fly home from Doncaster last night, unfortunately, Vanessa. But uh, I'm sh- uh, you, you can- I tell you what, if you want... You can stand in as manager of Team Ireland this evening. Shall I? Vanessa, Shall I? Vanessa O'Reilly. Vanessa O'Reilly's got a the, the, job, any- the, the job that everyone is clamoring for. Look, everyone knows if you cut me in two, I'd be a little bit of Sky Sports Racing and a little bit Irish. That's that's basically my roots. Uh, Brendan, how are you, you doing go. over there? Good form, thanks, Vanessa. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a filler of a weekend, and uh, not a whole lot of lot of killers. But you can't have everything. I mean, you had you had York last week. It's, it's grand. It's grand. Competitive racing, anyway. Well, mostly competitive racing. Mostly. Mostly competitive, yeah. And Dan Barber, how are you getting on? Uh, Barry always leads us in, doesn't he, with good energy. But with only a week and a half of the school holidays to go, I won't lie, I'm flagging slightly. Mm-hmm. Not, um, that I, not that it's me at school, despite my height. It's actually my two children, but I am, <laughs> I am worn down now. Okay, let's start with the 150, guys. This is the prestige Philly Stakes. It's the Group 3. It's for the two-year-olds. Fairy Cross, Kevin Blake, is your favourite. Three to one in what is a open-looking market. Queen Ollie next best for David Lockname. Rowan Scott in the saddle instead of Ross Orion in the ammo racing colours. Um, where does your pin land in this? Yeah, wide open race this one, Vanessa. Um, and look, there'll, there'll be a lot of attention from Bright Diamond here after after like bolting up in a new market made the first time out, one by nine lengths, um, which was unusual, but it was an unusual type of race. And the um the old clock didn't really back up the visual impression created. And um I I, I just am inclined at the type of price she she'll be here just to kind of say, right, let's see if you can do this again, pet. Um, and I, I won't trouble you with my with, with my support this time. Um, so look, the one I was favouring was Fairy Cross uh, for Charity Appleby um, by Dubawi out of Devonshire, who who was a, a smashing filly over here a few years ago. And look, she has the best form in the race, progressing with each and every run. Um, she made all to win her maiden. Um, she's she's quite like an enthusiastic goer, and they didn't ride her quite as far the last time, and she she was quite free in a prominent position and just got to run out of it late on by, by dancing the grass. And I just wouldn't be surprised that they returned her to front running. Now, after that, I think that might play to her strengths. And look, there, there is, they have, they've had some rain. They've had some rain yeah. <laughs> around Goodwood, which we could desperately do around Tipperary, let me tell you, but they, it's, they've got it in Goodwood. And those of an Irish racing inclination will remember that this Phillies Dan Devonshire used to, Love the slop, eat the slop. And um, um, she used to plow up uh, through heavy ground back uh, back in her days on track. And most famously, Lisdol, when she beat Alive Alive Ho, another mud lover. 
And it all seems very fresh in my mind, but it was six or seven years ago. Um, so I think soft ground um, is going to play, um, will, will certainly be no disadvantage to her, and it might even favour her. So um, fairy cross to jump out, make the run of Vanessa, be away and gone. Goodbye, starter. Hello, judge. Easy game. Like it. Very valid case made for fairy cross. Three to one with Betfair as things stand. Brendan, where do you fall in this race? Yeah, well, I, I hope Kevin's right and she does make the pace because if she doesn't, I could see this being a very muddling race. But I wasn't sure that she was, that, that, that she would, because as Kevin mentioned, she's an enthusiastic goer. And would she just do too much if she got to the front? I, I, I didn't know. I, I, I completely understand what he's saying about Bright Diamond. I mean, in your bones, you feel like these horses are always underpriced and you wouldn't make money backing them. But she's just, I was just so taken with her in Newmarket very kindly way of going she'll surely know more at the early stages of this race the form the new market form hasn't been tested since but there were some decent pedigrees in behind and it was a new market maiden so a kind of my hunch is that it's that that it's legitimate form and a four to one i thought she'd probably do for me Okay, Bright Diamond to back up that impressive new market run for Brendan in the two-year-old Phillies race. Uh, let's move on to the 225. This is the Handicap Class 2 over the seven furlongs. Really interesting race this. I thought you've got Orban in there, obviously back to the scene of his mile win at the glorious Goodwood meeting, but obviously dropping down to the seven furlongs. Lyndon B, a course and distance winner. Um, Dan, let's bring you in here. Who did you fancy in this, in another competitive event? Yeah, I think he's going to be quite hard to beat. I certainly think he's the one to beat, and I'm I'm not bothered about the dropping trip. He did it at Ascot next time in that tactical race of the Shergar Cup, where the runner-up admittedly didn't get a great ride, but he just has been in ripping form, hasn't he, for a while now. The Goodwood win where he beat stablemate Blue for you, who didn't get out at the right time, whereas Orban did. So he's possibly made to look a bit better than he really was that day. But he's followed up at Ascot. He's then gone to the race that Blue for you won at York, didn't get a clear run. Finished with plenty left. And O'Meara has just been absolutely incredible in these seven furlong mile handicaps all season, hasn't he? The York race, I think he had the first, second and fourth. Just yeah. a horse in knocking good form and seems certain to run his race again. Plus, he's copped in deja vu all over again. I think he was drawn one at Goodwood, wasn't he? He's When he won there in the Goodwood mile, he's copped box one again. So he was two, actually, I tell a lie. They were one and two that day, first two home, him and blue for you. Um, so they're one apiece in their private battle. I think Orban's ready to ready to win another race. I think he's in, in red hot form. Okay, all about the favourites. Seven to two with Betfair Orban. Um, Brendan, interest elsewhere in this race away from the favourite. Yeah, I mean Dan's made a good case for the favourite. He could easily have won his last three races, um, and look look sure to run well. But I just thought at a, at a price, I'd take a chance on the Turpinator, who's an interesting horse, still relatively unexposed. Since he joined Tom Ward, bar for a blip and Ascot, he's hardly run a bad race. You certainly could, couldn't crib his performance in that summer mile. He was just stopped in his tracks and Ryan gave up. He knew that the, the, the horse had, had no chance. I'm not saying he'd have won. I don't know what would have happened. He was travelling away. He went for a gap. He didn't get the gap. It was all over. Classic Goodwood. But he's... The, the form of his uh, win over course and distance on penultimate start looks very solid. Again, an unexposed sort. He could have a little bit more juice in him off of Marker 93 and he's 12 to 1. So he'd be for me. Yeah, 12 to 1 for Tom Ward's five-year-old. Decent enough price in what's, like I say, a very competitive event. Kevin, uh, who did you land on here? 
Um, I probably would have went with Sir Dancelot um, until the rain came. Um, and that's enough to, to swing me off him with, with his, his course and distance record is excellent now, but I just don't think he ever wanted um, much ease in the ground. So I sided with Oudelali, um, Andrew Balding, four-year-old. Um, he's only been to Goodwood a couple of times, but it's went well for him. Both times he, he won um, at, at Glorious Goodwood, as we'd call it, um, last year. And prior to that, he, he just bumped into Ross Collin, who, who was only rated 86 at the time. He's now up over 100 um, so that wasn't a bad run at all. And Al Dari was back in third that day. Um, another horse that's now rated way, way, way higher. Um, so Udalali, look, you have to forgive a couple of runs, but um, I, I wouldn't mind that. I think getting back to this course and distance is going to do no harm. Uh, he actually ran all right last time, I thought. Um, only kind of run out of the, the placings late on. Um, draw, uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge factor with him. He's going to be dropped in most likely. And yeah, just hopefully they'll go um, at least an even pace in front and give him a chance to uh, do his thing later on. Okay, bigger price shout for Kevin Blake in the competitive seven furlong handicap. Let's move on to the three o'clock. If the handicap's very competitive, then the three o'clock over the mile six, the March stakes, the group three contest is not really competitive let's be honest uh who yamal is up at the top of the market and is currently nine to two on to finally get his win this season um let's come to you brendan first on this one this is a race that we spoke about before the show dan not interested in talking about you however a very no, i've got a good nugget vibe. actually i've got a good nugget i'll oh, save okay. it till the end Okay, ah. we'll save it to the end. We'll go to you first, Brendan. Tell us why you're engaged by this incredibly short price favourite in a four-runner group three. Well, I'm not engaged by the incredibly short favourite who will win, albeit he might have been flattered in the derby, but his uh, run is third in the red-hot Gordon Stakes be more than good enough to win here. But I'm very interested in Pink Fire Lily, trained by John F. O'Neill, coming out of Quinn County Clare. I've been to Quinn County Clare, lovely place. Uh, but John has, uh, he, 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 he must have had a premonition that this race was going to fall asunder and he stuck this filly in. Now, she's rated 64. I wouldn't fancy her in a handicap of 64, but that is a chance because you will know, Vanessa, you've been to the races, you hear a horse is treading on stones, you hear a horse has been off feed, off colour, that's another one. So if one of these three horses has one of those excuses and did, doesn't show up, this filly is going to get black type. And for those of us who think it's a cod black type that is to, to rival the tinder swindler this would be a glorious <laughs> glorious day imagine like this, this year and, and it'll be in the catalogue there and they'll say kevin was saying beforehand there's these the old traditionalists and they go oh we love black type i don't know why because it's completely irrelevant when we have ratings but they say oh it's lovely and black and shiny i mean what are we what are we children here we need ratings dan if you could drag dan away from market raising he could rate this billy and uh, He'd have no interest in her. She's completely useless. But I'm hoping that there's a non-runner in this race and she gets valuable black type. How about that, Kevin Blake? Do you think it'll happen? Well, I'm with Brendan and hoping it happens just because it just, it would just shine some light and how utterly ridiculous to, and not to fit clarify, for purpose. To clarify at the moment, Pink Fire Lily is a 200 to one shot in this. And as Brendan said, rated 64 and has a number of duck eggs next to her name. Bless her. So, yeah, and, but, and yeah. look, if, if one of the others was an on-runner, like she would literally only have to, you know, amble out of the stalls and walk up the track in her own time. And uh, she would have group three black type. Imagine for, you have a uh, three refuse. <laughs> 
It's <laughs> glorious, isn't it? Well, if she got us, you know, that's forevermore in the stud book, uh, Group 3 placed. Um, it, it's a silly system. It, it was great now, kind of 30 years ago when we didn't have um, computers and <laughs> the ability to check these things in seconds. But uh, there you go. Plenty of the traditionists will hang on to it. Um, and this is just inspired from John, from John O'Neill because like, I'm looking here. He's had two runners ever in England, from what I can see, both over jumps. He's had like a handful of winners in the last 20 years. Um, the, I think the most notable thing that we might know him for, he, he was the original trainer of, of King John's Castle, who um, who ended up being bought by JP and was, was placed in a Grand National and was a was a was a fine horse in fairness to him. Um, big grey old thing of, of questionable temperament at times. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know what inspired him to make this entry. Um, it's just the most random thing, and he's got as far as declarations, and it looks like a like a, like a really great shout because whatever happens, he's gonna you know even if all four line up and she is beaten you know a hundred lengths, she'll still get over five grand for her trouble. Um, so well well done, John F. Um, regardless of what happens, and look who Yamal just goes and wins. You know this is an utterly depressing turnout for a Group Three. Um, you know they're rated one sixteen. Um, which is obviously A1, um, 98, 84, 64. Oof. Yeah, uh, we probably wasted too much time talking about it, but it is, uh, uh, Brendan was no, right to, no, hi- no. to highlight what is, a lo- what is a lovely side note to this contest. Yeah, good on you, Brendan. And Dan, before we leave the race, what was your interesting point? Barry's going to love this. Well, while you were introing, I decided to order my favourite races with a month in the name. Uh, I've got December Gold Cup, July Cup, November Handicap, May Hill, September stakes and this atrocious March stakes is tailed off last. I thank you. <laughs> okay, well, for anyone who does want to get involved with this race, and if you do want to back who you mail, then Betfair I'm doing a lengthening your old special on this race, so you can get involved with a winning distance if you fancy it that way, and lengthen your odds if that is the way you're inclined to play the race. Uh, let's move on to Goodwood three thirty five. Sorry, over the mile, the celebration mile, the group two, the highlight on the card. Uh, Dan, let's stick with you. Mutasarbeck in here for Charlie Hills, Jim Crowley, even money favourite with Betfair at the moment. Um, just the horse that kind of hasn't quite promised to deliver yet. I mean, he, he promises to deliver so much, but he hasn't quite delivered. Yeah, I mean, he could have started the season two for two, couldn't he? Because Sandown, yeah. everything went against him. And then I think you can just put the subsequent defeats down, maybe the company, and he's not been beaten far. He's run four times this season. He's either won or been beaten a length or pretty much a length or or less. So he's been in good form. He hasn't maybe kicked on as anticipated. I'm just finding it hard to to summon up reasons why he might get beaten. He seems likely to run his race. I absolutely adore Escobar as a horse. He's one of those great characters who turns up every week. But we know his bag is more strong finishing in, in big field handicaps and that they were the circumstances under which he ran so well again at York the other day. So I think Mutter Sarbeck's probably just got a bit more tactical speed. He'll have a better position than him. Yeah, finding it hard to, to knock him really. Yeah, fair enough. Kevin, are you along the same thought process? Um yeah, Mutter Sarbeck, I'd say is the one, Vanessa. Yeah. Um like he he's a he's a he, like he looked he was a guinea he looked a guinea's horse at one stage like he's by Invincible Spirit out of Gennetti. Ganati, sorry, and I recall him going into the Guineas quite fancied, even though he'd only won a novice race at um at Newmarket. You know, going into it and like, look, it's taking a little bit of time. I'd say he's not the mo- the world's most straightforward horse at home. I remember listening to Richard Hills talking about him at the time, but it seems to be coming together, and he's been running very, very well this season. He 
And I, I, I could just see him following uh, Jadumi now and just having too much class from there on. Yeah. Um, Brendan, are you going to make it three for Mutasabek, the even money favourite here? Ah, just to be contrary, I won't. I'm not having a bet in this race with Essence, so uh, the, the viewers should be aware of that's how much my opinion counts for. But it's just that he's a he's a horse, as you say, he's been finding a way to get beat, and he didn't look at, totally at home at the track in Epsom. He's been well beaten on his only uh, on his last visit to Goodwood. I just is he worth 112? I mean, will he have to run to 112 here? Because then you're going down through them. Jadumi, he got a bit lost in the dip in Newmarket, so the course might be tricky for him. Escobar's better in handicaps. Finest Sound has had issues on Epsom as well, so the tracks are worried for him. Stormy Antarctic. You see, I could make a case for him. I know Kevin is saying the ground is soft at the moment, but it's to be. 22 degrees and sunshine in between now and this race. So I don't actually know what the ground is going to be, but I suppose it's not going to be rattling fast. So I'd probably just about go for that Jadubi because he might, as Kevin mentioned, have a tactical edge, will like any ease in the ground that's there. And he's not a totally exposed horse, but no bet for me. Okay, no bet race for Brandon. Uh, Brandon, let's stick with you then for the 130 at Beverly over the seven and a half furlongs, the Joe Roundtree Memorial Handicap. It's a naught to 80 and it's for the older horses, four-year-olds and above. It's a class four. It's much more likely to be seen on a midweek Sky mm. Sports racing day. But instead, it gets ITV coverage. And on top of that, Betfair are paying four places. Take it away, please. Well, uh, this is the this is probably the horse that I found. Well, certainly the horse that I think is most overpriced of the races we'll be previewing. So this is an interesting race. Beverly, there's loads of play, pace on, antagonise and outrun the storm. Very similar sorts, like to get on with things. It should be running. I've right just goal. gone even money that we tipped in the same horse here, but carry on, Juki. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, it, 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 quite possibly. So this Tangled is 12 to 1. Another loser tangled, for me. Oh, right. Okay. So... so T Tangle is an interested horse. Now, there's no doubt he's, he's hard to win with, but two of his six career wins have come at this track. He's drawn 12, so drawn 12 in Beverly, normally a bit of a disaster, but he, he's a habitually slow starter, so he's going to have to be dropped in by Gemma Tuddy and ridden for a bit of luck. But he's six pounds below his last win in Mark. He's in reasonable form. I could definitely see the pace collapsing in front of him. And he, he can finish with a rare rattle, this horse. It's, it's, it's just a bright thing. He's 12 to 1. I had to look at the race. I thought it'd be better 5 or 6 to 1 shot with four places. If, if he's any luck in the run, I'd be very surprised if he's out of the four and he looks a bet to me. And a visor on for the first time? Is that a positive yeah. too? Well, possibly. I mean, they, they tried pieces with him. He's a bit of a character. There's no doubt about that. But you can't have everything in life, Vanessa. 12 to 1, you wouldn't get it in the bank. Love it. Okay, 12 to 1, four places. Kevin Stott, Gemma Tutti, uh, big price swing for Brendan in the weakest race of the day. Uh, Dan, yeah, run just, the storm. Um, no, no, that's two loses already, so we're already chasing. Um, <laughs> Majest Majestic's obviously, he arguably shapes the race to some extent, because I... I don't really know what the Pontefract race is worth, but it was pretty impressive. Um, the Haggis Fab ran terribly. It drifted and ran badly. Majestic took full advantage of it. Interesting background to the horse. He made his debut in a bumper. He's got a, he's got a smashing flat pedigree, presumably too big or backward, they thought, to go racing on the flat right away. So there's a chance that off 82, he just proves too good. And there is um, 
as, as Brendan's saying, there's a lot of pace in this. Antagonise, no horse tends to lead him, but Outrun the Storm will have a crack at doing so. Now, the one I thought was, just taking into account the, the possible doubts over the Ponty win, I thought the solid horse was installed too. It just takes time. Pretty similar to the Orban case, just a horse that's been in very good form for a while. Back-to-back wins like Orban, and then a good frame finish in the race that Gio Giobo won at Doncaster, where he probably nicked it a bit from the front, but he's got a great record at Doncaster anyway, so I don't think it just takes time was disgraced. I like Stall too. I like the idea of the two burn-up horses antagonised and outrun the storm in six and seven, getting racing, starting to tire, edging off a true line, and it just takes time nipping up the inside of them. Oh, good case to be made for it just takes time. Uh, Mark Walford's horse in this at 10 to 1 with Betfair, and those four places are going to come in handy for these bigger price chances. Uh, Kevin, have you got one to add into the mix? Yeah, I like Majestic that Dan briefly mentioned there, like really weird profile, like not just the fact that he, he started off in bumpers, but like look at his pedigree. He's by Conduit, who, you know, after, after you know, being a top-class mid-listeners horse for, for Bradley McCall, went, went to stud in Japan for years and has come back as a National Hunt Stallion. And he's out, of, he's out of a mare by Admiral of the Fleet. I don't know how this has happened because <laughs> Admiral of the Fleet, you know, Aidan O'Brien trained him. You end up with Mike DeCock. I, was, I don't know if he's ever stood, um, you know, in this neck of the woods. I know he was standing in India, but he's managed wow. to produce it, this Irish bred mare that ran for Mick Shannon and, and has now become a brood mare and ended up meeting Conduit, who had all his travels. It was just a really strange uh, marrying of, uh, of Siren Dam. But anyway, it's produced Majestic, who uh, didn't work out in bumpers, but now it looks like he's going to run, he's going to work out on the flat. Um, they've got him back to a mile, and, and he just seems to be getting better with every start. He's getting the hang of things. Um, look, handicap debut. I, I don't think um, his mark is, is burdensome, and I, I could certainly see him following up again. Um, you know, and just just the way the shape of the race, pace wise, etc. I think it might just play into his hands. And yeah, I favoured him under Ben Curtis. It's one of those that, any Kev, if he if this one horse has the capacity to win this race by a wide margin, it feels like it's him, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, he could yeah. pull out, but if something's going to th- thrash them, it's him. Oh, hopefully so. <laughs> okay, majestic at four to one. Then they got three different swings in that race, as. Says a lot for how competitive it is, in fairness. Uh, let's move on to the Silver Cup handicap for the three-year-olds. Only the six runners in this. Wait to Excel is your favourite at seven to four. Post-impressionist Dan in here for the Haggis Yard at five to two. Uh, Williams' only runner on the Beverly card and has a tongue-tie applied for the first time. I don't know if that is an angle in with this horse. I'm not really sure I want to get too stuck into this race. Where were you going? Well, does anybody know, can they confirm that he likes having winners at Beverly as much it's as he does It's a good question. York? It's a good <laughs> question because if he doesn't, then there's no point backing there's no it. Point. No, so that's that. The most impressionist for me was more post-mortem after Royal Ascot because I thought he was a, an absolute rick earlier in the week. He was putting at double figures, get smashed into four to one, I think, on the off. And he just ran a terrible race, really. He was completely at sea. And I thought, well, it was Royal Ascot. Maybe he was a bit green. But then he went to Chester at odds on and got beaten. There's a case for saying that yeah, that's the disappointment, him. though. That is the disappointment with him. Yeah, that, that yeah, that, you could put it down to track, I suppose, though. Turning track, he's 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 impressive win, and the form of it could not be better, could it? That Newcastle performance where he beat, he was second to Elder Elder of finishing with loads of running left in him. That is 
that's a low hundred horse masquerading off 88 for me. And it's just a case of whether he manages to put it together. But stiff finish, short break, first time tongue tie. William Haggis loves having winners at every track in the country. I mean, what you, you just couldn't have a better setup really for a horse to confirm himself. I mean, he's a fourth, he went off four to one favourite for one of the hottest handicaps of the year. And now he's in a six runner race at Beverly. So maybe that's a signal of how far he's fallen, but I'm hoping it's a signal. Yeah, we need to back him because this is a much easier opening. Yeah, it's a fair point. Well made in regards to post-impressionist. Brendan, are you with us, with Dan or against? Uh, well, if you're on a forgiving bench, you could definitely make the case for post-impressionist. But I'll go with this Kitsune power. I think it's a very solid sort. Uh, was respectable efforts in the Britannia beaten six lengths then he goes to Goodwood in what I think will work out a good race the form has taken a couple of knocks since but Dutch decoy was in fourth and he's so solid crew you could set your watch by him so I think it was a good run there he's gone up four pounds now for finishing second which isn't ideal but he was slightly hampered in the run wouldn't have won or anything but would have finished a, a little bit closer He's an unexposed progressive sort, admittedly in a race with other unexposed progressive sorts. I think the step up and trip, the extra furlong will help him. And at seven to two, he looked the one in the race that was overpriced to me. Okay. Um, two differing opinions then, Kevin. Join I'd in, that, please. I'd, I'd say that's so solid. Crew reference for a flat or two, Vanessa, didn't I? Yeah, completely. <laughs> Completely. 21 seconds to go. Hope you have you. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. You know my music references are not good. Please. Not just me music, on that. to be fair. Yeah, uh, randomly, Ollie Bell, only a couple of months ago, played in the charity soccer match. And he, he, was, uh, he was up front with Harvey from a So Solid Crew, which got, got a great buzz out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I approached this race and thought I'd end up going with post-impressionist for, for all the reasons Dan suggests. Like he just looks well handicapped based on that Newcastle form. Um, like I, I, I suspect the reason why he went off the price he did at Ascot was that that, that form was just working out so well around him. Um, but it didn't happen, and it didn't really happen at Chester in a, in a much lighter race, too. So um, jury's just a little bit out for now. If Look, if it happens, it's not going to be a shock to anyone. But um, with Wait to Excel, who, who is my selection, you know, it is happening. Um, now, he won his maiden at Hamilton, and he went up for his handicap debut at Ripon. And, um, and for me, won, won very well. Um, you know, gone up five pounds. I think that's perfectly manageable. And um, he can he can go and do it while post-impressionists is still working out how to do it, maybe. Um, so, yeah, way to excel for that man. Ben Curtis again. Great to see him back writing loads of winners after a, after a pretty rubbish, um, I don't know, what would it be, six or nine months with injuries? Yeah, absolutely. For James Tate as well, seven to four weight to excel, like Kevin says, really on the up at the moment, with, whereas post-impressionist with something to prove. Uh, but hopefully William Haggis will like having winners at Beverly, which is exciting <laughs> for us all. Uh, let's move on to the Beverly Bullet. Um, Tis Marvellous is currently the three to one favourite to back up his win in the race 12 months ago, Dan. But fair to say he's not in the same form as he was when he came here last year. No, that, that's precisely it. And the 10-week break sort of feels like a bit of straw clutching, really, doesn't it? I can't imagine they thought, right, he's, he's flopped in the King's stand. Now let's wait yeah. for the Beverly race because he <laughs> won it last season. I mean, between Ascot and um, Beverly last season, he I think he ran three or four times. So 
Uh, he thrived on his racing last season. He came in with a time form rating of 112 12 months ago, the highest he's run to in the two runs this year, the higher of the two. Sorry, he's 97. So he's way off it and he's been put in favourite because he won it last year. But eight now, there's a chance that he's regressive. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm inclined to take him on. Remember that three you mentioned the other week? Dan Barber actually tipped Arachibo to beat Nature Strip. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, am I, am I allowed to tip him to beat Tis Marvellous? Yeah, you can. Go on, we'll allow you that. We'll allow you that. I, I do feel like, I mean, he'll frustrate the life out of you, frustrates the life out of me, but um, <laughs> I can see sort of stiff finish, strongly run race, horses coming back into his lap, and I think he'll travel better than Corker. They're the two that are going to be played late here. Corker just is so tardy at the gates that mm. he keeps getting himself into a pickle. I mean, He's definitely a listed class horse if it comes together. He's probably a, a pattern class horse if it, if it comes together, but it hasn't yet. Arachibo, he's just sort of been bubbling under and we've been monitoring the Cowell stable for him. Haven't we remember mentioning mm. the week he was something like 11 from 176. I think there's been oh. two winners in the last couple of weeks and he's had yeah. two plays. He had older Talis Bay run really well, didn't he, Kevin York? Yeah, he's just driven and driving at the minute. Like he, there's been a couple of false stones with him this season now, where I'm kind of thinking to myself, okay, he's turning, it's happening, and then it just doesn't happen. Doesn't. But but they are, they seem to be running fine at the minute. But you'd like to see a few more winners now. He hasn't had a load of runners this week, but um, and they haven't been, you know, he hasn't had anything shorter than ten to one. But uh, they're they're going okay, you know. But yeah, you just want to see, you just want to see that kind of little minor eruption of winners which is surely going to happen at some stage. I'd say no one wants to see that minor eruption of winners more than Robert Cowell himself. Um, mm. Arasiro, the proverbial cliff horse for Dan, really. Well, for many people, actually, I think it's fair to say. Um, Kevin, over to you then. Who do you fancy in it? Yeah, look, I'm taking the chance and tis marvellous, Vanessa. Like, oh, yeah. uh, look, he could be regressing. Of course he could, but God, it would be a steep regression. Like, as he was better than ever at the back end of last season. Like, he was booming. And to go from booming to being, you know, 20 pounds off in the one season, of course it can happen, but I'm hoping it hasn't. Um, like he didn't run too bad the first day at Newmarket. It, it was deep, deep waters at Ascot, clearly. And, you know, he's had a couple of goals around here. He won the race before and he was unlucky in it another year. And, you know, I, I can't, like Dan says, I can't think it's by design that we haven't seen him since Royal Ascot, but I'm going to take the chance because if he's within you know really 10 pounds almost of his best he's going to be banging the banging the mix surely okay kevin taking the chance at three to one then with tis marvelous over to you brendan should mention this is another race betfair are paying four places on so are you taking ah. a bigger each way swing el- elsewhere i will do i will do i mean it's thank a, you it, yeah so uh, it's an interest right I, I mean i'm always interested in this race just because of the name there's certain names and races like the beverly bullet the carlisle bell the hurry harriet i don't know it's something the way they play on the lips or something let's say in the beverly the masra dog food he's not the masra dog food and not the march steaks <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I i i love the beverly bullet but i i i wanted to take on the front end because as you mentioned uh, Tis marvellous, not in the same form as he was last year. As Dan mentioned, this corker, I mean, a five furlong sprinter who habitually misses the break. It's like a dancer with rickets or something, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a complete disaster. So, so I tell you what I found. So I tell you what I found half interesting from, from a tactical dimension with this race was I actually couldn't find an out and out, an out and out front runner except for this king of stars. Now he's. 
He's gone up three pounds for being a very close second and a valuable York handicap. He's up to 101. That mark, I mean, that's about as good as he could be, I reckon. But you're obviously not going to get a soft lead in a five furlong sprint. I get that. But I do think he's the pace in the race and he could get across from his draw in nine. And with some questions over the front end and getting four places, I thought he was probably the play in the race. Seven to one. Okay, King of Stars for Mick Appleby, Ali Robinson in the saddle, seven to one uh, in the Beverly Bullet. One race to take from Newmarket, guys, the hopeful stakes. It's the listed race. Um, not a strong event for the class, I didn't think, Dan. Great ambassador, cause and distance winner back for more under Safi for Ed Walker. I don't know. I don't like the look of this race. Oh, I, I do. I said one of my favourite Austrian trainings running. That's great. Ambassador, I think, is a, I think is a proper animal. Brendan made what I thought was an excellent case as an Air Gold Cup anti-post bet, I think it was weighed in, wasn't it, where that was discussed. Um, and this is a yeah. circumstance where it's an early closer, so there'll be a mere penalty, I think, if he wins it. Get, I'm guessing I'm right there on the on the penalty structure. Five just looks pound a good penalty. Five pound pound so, pen. Summer, summer guy got it last year. Yeah, so oh. a five pound pen, which would probably just cut his winning margin down from five lengths to three. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if he goes to the Air Gold Cup. Um, I just... I remember him at the track last season. I mean, he'd been threatening to do it, but he was really impressive on his appearance at Newmarket last season. He's a listed, this is listed level. But as I said with with Corker, if it came together, I mean, we know great ambassadors are group horse. In, it's just a matter of time, I think. And I don't see really many holes in him. And I saw he was 72 favourite. I'd be, be very surprised if we can get 72. Okay, well, Dan, keener on this race than I was anyway. Uh, yeah, great ambassador, 7-2. What are you going to do here, Brendan? Your beloved summer guy, you tipped him up, is it is it two weeks running? And he came good for you? Yes, yeah, he, he did. An, an absolute hero of a horse, the Gant. <laughs> and uh, he, he is defending his title. But um, I'm a, I'm not really happy about this, Vanessa, because I, I did, I made a compelling case for the horse in the Air Gold Cup, but it obviously wasn't watched by a Mr. Edward Walker, I mean, there's no need to be going for a competitive handicap and getting a horse a five-pound penalty. The horse was chucked in. It, Dad's probably right. He'd probably still win. Uh, but, I mean, again, I'll just reiterate the case. With a bit more luck, he won the last two Stewards' Cups. He was second in an Air Gold Cup because, well, possibly because Biesla was the only horse who came up the rail and nicked it off him. I know it's hard to keep making excuses for horses, but he's basically still unexposed. He's the best horse in this race and he will win, but it'd be like ash in the mouth of those of us who have backed him out to post the Air Gold Cup. How much, how much is up for grabs to the winner of the Air Gold Cup? Because he'll pick up 30 grand here if he wins yeah, it. Yeah, it's about 80 for the Air Gold Cup. Yeah, I suppose. It's, Lovely. And, and, Okay, okay, right. Just, just the job, you know, 110 grand by the end of the air gold yeah, cup in yeah, the bag okay. for the owners. Happy days. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kevin, are you going away from the favourite here? Or are you with Brendan on the... Oh, I'm with Great Ambassador in in the, uh, in in the for the longer term project, Vanessa. But this just gives me the heebie-jeebies now with a view to his <laughs> prospects on Saturday now because I'd be with Brendan. Like, if I, if I was targeting a horse at the air gold cup i wouldn't be picking trying to pick up a five pound penalty even even one for a nice prize like this and look maybe ed walker will will reveal in an interview beforehand that you know the air gold cup isn't the be all and end all and they'd just be very happy to win this race oh, and then run into the air gold cup brendan. i don't know but i would it was, just it was be, till brendan ruined the prize for him yeah, I, I just, <laughs> yeah if he, like if he wins this he's gonna have he's gonna be 10 stone top weight in the in in the air goal cop, you know, and yeah, 
yeah, yeah. I just I can't help but think now if, if it was me and I'm a sneaky old sneak, you know, you you'd be delighted to finish a running on set <laughs> if you're a <laughs> great ambassador. Beat the nose, you know, Anthony then it's Hills. fine. It's nice. Fine. And I then go up to air as the as a short price fav for the for the most competitive sprint handicaps in the calendar. But that's me now. His connections might have something completely, uh, a completely different view on the whole thing, and they might, might be absolutely thrilled to win this listed race on Saturday. But it's giving me the heebie-jeebies enough to uh, to go with Manacan instead. My pal, oh. my old my old friend, okay, did, did me a turn um, in in the Shergar Cup with Haley Turner in the saddle, who uh, who retains the ride, which is. Which is um, which is great for her. Um, having obviously it was a kind of a random selection in the Shergar Cup, and uh, John Ryan law connections must have been absolutely thrilled. So she gets to keep the spin, and um, yeah, he, he did it well there. Like he didn't get the clearest of runs, um, you know, entering the closing stages, but but overcame that and ultimately won quite well. And um, I don't think going back to this kind of speed focus six furlongs is going to be any issue as such. And um, look, up to an official rating of 105 now, that, that puts him bang in the mix. He's really booming now. And um, like he's, if it's your cup of tea, like he's, he's I'd be very disappointed if he wasn't in the frame. And he's the type of price he is now. You could uh, you could have an each way bet um, if one was such a, such, such a way inclined. So yeah, Manacan for me. Manacan, six to one with Betfair. Happy days, taking on Great Ambassador. Good luck to you this weekend, Brendan. Either way, whether he wins and gets his five-pound penalty and then you'll be upset about that, or if he doesn't run well, you'll be upset about that. It's a big weekend for you, Brendan. It's a big huge, weekend. Huge weekend, but the main Are thing we, is uh, that... The main thing is that there's uh, three runners in that March stakes and you'll hear me <laughs> laughing all the, all the way from the curb. <laughs> that is the main thing. Sorry, I yeah. forgot. Okay, guys, that nearly wraps up the show. Let's do naps. Brendan, coming to you first. Nap, please, in that crappy Beverly race. Well, indeed, indeed, Vanessa, I tipped, I, I tipped my hand there. I'm tangled up in blue. Do you get that reference? No. Falling ah, okay. flat on its face. Oh, that's okay. Right, tangled in the 130 in Beverly. On the tutty. <laughs> okay, okay. Tangled for you. Uh, Kevin Blake, what about you? Your nap, please. A uh, fairy cross in the, in the prestige stakes at Goodwood uh, to make all. Yeah, like it, like it. A decent enough price as well. And Dan Barber, your nap, please. Uh, Post-impressionist to do a better impression of a racehorse in the 205 at Beverly, please. Putting in the faith with post-impressionist. Okay, well, look, thanks as always for listening, everyone. That was your weekend preview. Good luck. Remember to gamble responsibly. Have a good weekend. And we will hopefully you'll be able to join us on Monday for our next episode of Wade In, where I'll be back in action then. But for now, good luck and goodbye. Goodbye.